<laughs> Just gonna clear your throat on the podcast like that, huh? Jordan. What's up, brother? What's going on, everybody? I'll tell you what's going on. NBA basketball is in full swing. Mm-hmm. The Bulls have had their season opener. Yep. And unfortunately for us Bulls fans, <laughs> fortunate for him, depending on how you want to look at it, Chris Dunn is a new dad. Hey, all right, all right. Let's give it up for Chris. Chris Dunn is a new dad. His his girlfriend had a baby. I don't know what they had, but I know what came as a result of it, and that's campaign starting an NBA basketball game. Yay! Let's give it up for campaign, everybody. Yay! No. (laughs) I tried to sound excited. That was the worst thing I've ever seen. Kendall Gill finally uh, said something that I've been saying for quite some time. We need to end this campaign experiment now. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The campaign is over. The campaign is over. It, it's terrible. It's terrible basketball that he plays. He should be a Maccabi All-Star. <laughs> I don't think he's even worth that. He should be a... Uh, a, a, a Salesman at some some auto repair shop. I, I like basketball is not a campaign. Once he left college, that's when everything should have stopped. I'm just not buying this thing where he was good in college. Oh, he was a beast. That's why Oklahoma got him. He was a beast. He 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 impressed me. I mean, the highlights I saw. He did his thing. He was a little bit more competent. I don't know what happened, man. You know how it is, man. Some things. It just doesn't translate from one one level to the next. I don't know, bro. Hmm. I, I I can't explain it. It's he's so bad. Half of me is wondering why in the world they even thought to start him. You have Ryan D- Archdiakono, which honestly I, I know he's not a world beater, but he's competent. He knows how to play within the system. He knows how to pass. That is the hugest thing with me and campaign campaign looks like he wants to force being good so bad. He throws up these shots and he doesn't know how to get people involved, or at least he doesn't know how to set people up to, to get the best out of them. He's not a game manager. He's not a floor general. He, 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 he's just out there to try and show off what he's capable of doing. And he fails every time. Like you should have started Ryan Archdiakono. Hey, we just got Tyler Eulis. Tyler Eulis is good. If he wasn't undersized, we'd be talking about a really good point guard. Like, start him. Yeah. One, campaign isn't good at anything. Let's, let's put that in the air. 
Yeah. Two, Tyler Eulis isn't good. He's mildly serviceable. I guess. Look, hey, hey, hey. Tyler Eulis is, is he, what does Stacey always say? He's from Chicago. He's got a, a well, he ain't got no 40 inch vertical, but <laughs> he, he's a dog, okay? He's from Chicago, man. Rep, rep is Chantel, man. I've seen Tyler Eulis play in person before. He has heart. I'll take Tyler Eulis any day over campaign. Did you play against Tyler Eulis? No, I actually had the privilege of going to a, one of the combines for the draft. Matter of fact, that Chris Dunn was drafted in when he went to Minnesota. And uh, Tyler Eulis was there, and he was running with one of the blue teams or whatever, the teams with the rookies. And uh, I think at that point, he was only on the G League squad for Phoenix, I believe. So there, there's that. So clearly he's good. <laughs> Look, man, he's good enough, okay? Tyler Eulis just needs a shot. Some people just don't get a chance to do what they can do. That's what they said about Cameron Payne. No, yeah. I guess we're going full swing back to that. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I think the Bulls know that they messed up when they got that that that, that trade, and they're trying to fit. A, a circle into a square. It's like it's not ever going to fit. They're trying to force this this great player that isn't a great player. They want their decision of getting him to be a good one, and it's not going to be. Just just wrap it up. You failed when you when you acquired him, and just move on. We got plenty of other good pieces. Like I said, start Tyler Eulis, start Ryan, and heck, we, we don't even have to worry about this anymore. That's just one game, one experiment. Hopefully, after Chris Dunn is done uh, playing, you know, around with his newborn baby, and he can get back to come coming back to playing a, a basketball with the Bulls. So wait, Cameron Payne was drafted 14th. Yeah, bro. Yep. So the Bulls aren't the only crazy front office in basketball. Although I would take Oklahoma City's selections over the years over anything the Bulls have done. Obviously, you know their track record. At least Oklahoma City was smart enough to not play him. Absolutely. I mean, there's, there's a distinct difference in, in making a mistake on the potential of a player and then compounding the mistake by actually playing him. The Bulls are compounding the mistake of this trade by continuing to force campaign down our throats. Yeah. Yeah. And then there lies, lies the rub. There it is. Therein lies the rub. Yeah, I, I, all he's good for is some, some good dance moves. Cool handshakes. Cool handshakes and good dance moves and funky hair. Cool handshake, bro. <laughs> do we have a, uh, do we have a angry stat hunting top five player in the NBA on our team that perhaps campaign can pacify? Is there anybody like that on this team? Uh, no. So. He's of no use. He's of no use. Since we're talking about the Bulls, let's talk about other points of futility. So, <laughs> the first quarter was great. Yes, it was. It was, great. It was uh, there were points on offense. There was no defense. <laughs> it's all star game. But I'll get to that in a moment because the Bulls aren't the only ones suffering from this illness. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But 
about halfway through the second quarter. The Bulls didn't look the same anymore. No, they didn't look the same. Um, I think that Philly, Philly figured them out. And when you don't have a team that is more so or less experienced yet and the chemistry isn't there and they have to grow and, you know, you got a lot of young guys on the team, that consistency isn't always going to be there. They may have moments of, you know, light and, and, and good, good streaks during the game, but the consistency from beginning of the game to the end of the game might not always be there, especially against good teams like Philly. You got you to gotta keep that pace up. You know, Philly is kind of past that point of experimenting and projects, process. They've already gotten to the point where they're a legitimate playoff contender now. You got a, an experienced Joel Embiid. You got a Ben Simmons that is, you know, still young, very young, but his talent just surpasses his youth. You know, what he does on the court is just extremely good. And then now you got Fultz who's coming back and trying to, you know, come into his own and get away from the yips. And then you got other really Reddick, Covington, Sarich. You, you got a whole slew of people on that team, man, that you just got to continue to contend with. So I think it's just consistency with the Bulls team. They just got to continue to get more experience, more uh, chemistry, and hopefully we'll see that. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about a, a very talented Philadelphia 76ers team. The ability to score points in bunches. But they, too, have holes. And the Bulls did nothing to exploit those holes. No. And it got to the point where it was, I mean, defensively, it's, it was deplorable. But even offensively, the Bulls weren't able to execute as crisply, effectively as they were in the first quarter and a half. I will say that it, it actually, and, and I guess this shouldn't be used as an excuse, but if there were to be one, Chris Dunn was not there. We know Chris Dunn is their best defensive player. Then you have Wendell Carter or Wendell, whichever one you you, you like to say. Uh, no, he was Wendell that night. <laughs> his, his mama named him Wendell that night. Uh, okay, so Wendell, his first his first game, you know, it, there was going to be some bumps and bruises because you're going up against one of the best big men in the league, very versatile big man, and he's young too. So. You know, when Dale looks up to Joel Embiid, he 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 kind of got depanced uh, that that night. You know, he he still put up a decent stat line for a rookie in his first game, but at the same time, you saw that there needs to be some growing pains defensively. He'll bring it more more nights than not. And then you have Larry Markkinen. Obviously, Larry Markkinen is a very good help defender, and you know what he brings on the offense with his versatility as well and his height. But uh, those things were missing. So possibly it could have been a closer game. Possibly the Bulls could have won that game. I don't know. But it, it, it was clear that those players were needed, uh, Larry and Chris. Oh, they were certainly missed. Um, Chris Dunn, obviously, will be back a little sooner than Lowry. But see if the Bulls can bounce back. You know, it is the 76ers. It was the first game of the year. Still tinkering with some things. Hopefully we don't see campaign. I actually have a couple friends who need a job. And maybe they can play point guard for the Bulls. 
don't even don't even start. <laughs> don't even start. I'm just saying. That no, Josh... Who are these so-called friends that, that, that could play point guard? Campaign's doing it. Look, as much as we talk about campaign, campaign still made it to the league. Okay, let's just not let's not dog the man that much. Bulls point guard should be an open position on Indeed. <laughs> if the salary is anywhere above one hundred thousand dollars, I might go try out. It is. Just put Sign in the filters. Me. Put in the filters, <laughs> and it'll Sign pop me. up. <laughs> right. Bulls point guard should be on Indeed. <laughs> oh, my God. Right next to, like, uh, Buffalo Bills quarterback. <laughs> Buffalo Bills quarterback. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Sacramento Kings uh, management. There you go with the King shot. Hey, man. I got to get it in every week if I can. You open the door, I I, I I came right in with that. Sacramento Kings needs to be on the, that Indeed page, too. Speaking of Sacramento Kings, I'm, I've come to sort of a revelation. Remember when we were podcasting and the, the preseason game was on, the Utah Jazz were beating the Sacramento Kings like 136 to 12, something like that? <laughs> yeah, what? Okay. I've come to the realization that that's not entirely Sacramento's fault. How so? The, the Utah Jazz may be the second best team in the West. Their defense is very, very good, and obviously they have a very good offense. So, hey, whatever. Uh, Sacramento still is a bum team, but, yeah, Utah is very good. I mean, they've learned how to play offense and not – you remember, you remember last year you had the um, let's give the ball to Donovan Mitchell and none of us know what to do except Joe Ingles' offense last year? Yeah. Oh, and, and also Ricky Rubio when he plays against Russell Westbrook. But that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> they look great this year. Yeah. I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't catch the game in full, but I did see some highlights and uh, it does seem like they have a very competent offense. Uh, Snyder is an extremely underrated coach. Now, maybe I shouldn't say underrated because people know who that is now. It's just that he, he I don't know, it, it, to me, it just seems like he doesn't get the praise still that he deserves. Uh, very, very good coach and only going to get better. Oh, he doesn't get the praise he deserves. He's very good. But the thing I'm noticing, like, you could say it's a small, very small sample size. Only won two games into the season for most NBA teams. But this looks like it's sustainable. They're playing with more pace Yeah. in Utah. Rubio's really pushing the ball up. That team's running. They're utilizing their depth to keep fresh bodies in and just running. But that's the thing I'm worried about the most with Utah. I think throughout the season they can sustain it and maybe haul in a second or third seed. But the thing that worries me, and and call it being scarred from from Bulls past and being scarred from seeing certain things transpire in the NBA, I worry about teams who one of their three strengths is their depth. 
Because when the playoffs come, you know, those rotations get shorter. Yeah. So what you end up having is while you're still trying to use your depth, you're still still going to bring in, you know, players six through ten. Those six through ten players are still going to have to play against, you know, 60 percent is the starting lineup. You know, and some of these rotations are only going to seven or eight guys on other teams. And what that does is that accentuates, that highlights, that concentrates the amount of good players you have on the court. So now you have your A team going against another team's B team. And the only advantage that B team has is they're fresher. And that doesn't always work out when, you know, the A team is James Harden or, or Chris Paul or Kevin Durant, Steph Curry. Yeah. That would cancel out your depth right there. So that's the that's what I'm worried about most with Utah. But I'm saying it, man. I think Utah may be the second best team in the West. I mean, you, you obviously Golden State, so you, you would put them above Houston. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's saying a lot. I will admit that is saying a lot. And from what we're seeing, getting back to the to the other uh, portion of that conversation that we saw the score with Sacramento and Utah, there is an uptick in scoring in the NBA. And the NBA wanted this. If you recall, one of those rule changes had to do with shortening that shot clock on secondary possessions. Mm-hmm. And that would lend to an uptick in scoring. So with all these teams playing with more pace and then more shots are going up because when you're resetting your offense, you have 10 less seconds. Mm-hmm. You know, half the clock is gone. You know, that's going to lend itself to more scoring opportunities and, in effect, more scoring. I'm not going to lie. I like that that new uh, rule. You know, you get the rebound and you got to put it back up in a certain amount of time. I, I like that. So you're liking these 128 to 120 games. I mean, honestly, that's the that's the way of the league right now, man. That's that's that's, that's the new generation of basketball. Uh, offense is what people like to come see. As much as defense wins championships for the most part, or used to, you know, in many sports, then you know, uh, offense is what fills seats. People are going to want to see Steph Curry throw ten threes up and make eight of them. You know, people want to see Booker go off for seventy points. You know, that, that, that's what people want to see. They want to see the, the ball go in the basket. Yeah, defense is important, but for the most part, they want to see exciting, high-scoring games. And I know people want to see that, but at what expense? Yeah. And the reason I, I say that is because you can get a lot of high-scoring games, but defense is a heavy part of this game. And a beautifully defended play or series of plays or a game that's a yeah. great thing to watch, man. It really is. And, and you lose appreciation for those things when, you know, everything is, is just up-tempo. Nobody's stopping anybody. Everybody's touche. And we're calling all the fouls, sending people to the line. And you have half the shot clock. Everything is geared towards scoring. So it's, yeah. just, it's almost like you're, you're handicapping your defensive stalwarts and your teams that want to guard people. Yeah. Yeah. It's another thing uh, NBA regarded we want to talk about. And this was a, a topic brought up by one of our listeners, also fellow podcaster, 
he said, he threw a topic out there and said, hey, why don't you guys talk about the best teams to never bring home an NBA title? So, you know, you and I thought that that was a pretty solid subject to discuss. So let's just hop into it. Okay. Uh, who would you say are maybe the the three teams that you think were the best teams who never won a title, in your opinion? Okay, let's see. Well, the first one that comes to mind was obviously in the Jordan era. Jordan stopped a lot of teams from winning the title. But the main one that I could think of was the Utah Jazz. Carl Malone and John Stockton ran Jazz that went to the finals back-to-back years against MJ. And that was as close as they got. They sniffed it, and they couldn't get it. They couldn't ring in that that title. Just like the, the commercial. Oh, you got to be quicker than that. It's just, you, they, they couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. So I got Utah on the, on the board as number one. I got the New York Knicks of uh, the Jordan era. <laughs> as you can see, there's a theme here. Jordan pretty much stopped a lot of people from winning. Mm-hmm. Let's see. I think I'm also going to go with the Phoenix Suns of Charles Barkley and Dan Marley and KJ and all those guys. That was a very good team. So, uh, yeah, those are my top three. Okay. It's an interesting bunch. Uh, one team I'm going to look at, and it's right in that Bulls era as well, the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, mm. They fell victim to the Bulls as well as the Pistons the year before. Yeah. That team was a very good basketball team. Yeah. They had better than average players at every position. They were really almost like West Coast Bulls. Very good defensive team. They had good point guard play. Clyde Drexler was, at the time, the second-best two-guard in the NBA. Uh, often mentioned in MVP talks for years, consecutive years. You know, he, he, was, he was putting up that good a performance. And I think actually one of the more underrated players in the history of the NBA, Clyde Drexler. But they had a solid team. Duckworth was effective in the post. Buck Williams yeah. was a strong defender and rebounder. Jerome Kersey uh, was a great slasher, attacked the rim with, with fury, a good defender. You bring in Cliff Robinson off the bench. They didn't utilize Drazen Petrovic, but he was a, a factor there in Portland. So Danny Ainge was there. So those Portland Trailblazer teams were, were really good. Uh, another team, also from the Bulls era, like you said, Mike Mike stopped a lot of people. And, and – <laughs> I'm only going to deal with teams that, that I saw. I mean, we could go back and look at the the 71 Bucks who supposedly oh, they supposedly supposedly were up there. Yeah. Because they lost to the record-setting Lakers at that time. But I'm, I'm only I'm only going to deal with teams that I've seen in my era. That 96 Sonics team. Wow. Yeah. And yep. a lot of people don't don't give them credit. That was a spectacular team. You're talking about two players on, on an all-NBA level and Sean Kemp and Gary Payton. You're talking about Detlef Shrimp, another very underrated player in basketball history. Detlef Shrimp was a consistent 16, 17-point-a-game scorer. I think he made one all-star team. Always was in the talks for years. Uh, as far as being the sixth man of the year, then finally got a starting spot in Seattle, was effective. 
Percy Hawkins, very good basketball player. Sam Perkins, who is a uh, seasoned vet who could give you production. So that team was good as well. My other team, I'm not, I'm not going to default to the 16 Warriors. I mean, that goes without saying. They were yeah. the team that set the regular season record. But my other team is, I believe it's the 01 Sacramento Kings. And this is a tough one for me because I didn't think about that. That's a good one. That is a good one. Realistically, they should have been the NBA champions by all accounts. Yeah, yeah. With the scandal that surrounded them regarding the the point shaving from the officials with Tim Donahue involved in that and trying to implicate other referees as well. Opened our eyes to some conspiracy theories, some which may be true, some likely aren't. But that team was right as you say, on the cusp of, <laughs> of NBA championship glory. Yeah. Mike Bibby, Peja Stoyakovic, Doug, my wife tells me what to do, Christy, Chris mm-hmm. Weber, <laughs> and the current Sacramento Kings general manager, Vladi Divac. Vladi, Vladi, he likes to party. Also on that team, you have Bobby Jackson. Remember Bobby Jackson, how effective Bobby he was? Day, yes, sir. That was one of my favorite players off the bench. Bobby Jackson, boy. It was a beast. Bobby Jackson, Lawrence Funderburk. Oh, my goodness. Scott Corliss Pollard. Williams. Big Corliss nasty Corliss Williamson. Yeah. Big nasty Corliss Williamson. I was a fan of his in college at Arkansas. Unstoppable. Williamson. What'd you call him? No, I was going to say, wait a minute. I might be thinking of the wrong person. I was going to say Shotgun Williamson. He wasn't the one that got involved in that scandal. Who he shot his limo driver or something or accused him. Well, who was that? Oh, that, that was, was Jason Williams. Williams, right. That's who I'm thinking of. Sorry, people. I'm I'm getting my names mixed up. I heard Williamson and I just went with it. Remember, he was supposed to be like the NBA's funny guy. And then he killed a guy. So that was his punchline. Yeah, there's a lot of pain in comedy. <laughs> <laughs> they say, uh, "What clowns are the are the most scarred people there are?" Oh, I believe it. I ain't messing with no clown until you let one feed you. No, 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 no. So this goes out to to my guy. There you go. There you have it. That is our list. Feel free to supply you alls if you're listening. Hit us up. Uh, message us on Instagram. Your top three teams that did not win an NBA championship. Hit us up. Now let's talk about the Bears. The Bears. Yep. The, the loss. Yeah. <laughs> The Miami Dolphins featuring a promising young Brock Osweiler. Are you serious? Are you serious right now? <laughs> a young promising Brock Osweiler. How many times have he has he had chances to be a young promising Brock Osweiler? Brock yeah. Osweiler lit you up. Now, I'll say this. He's an NFL quarterback. Okay? He's an NFL quarterback who, in fact, was not game-planned for. 
So he could take advantage of that. If he's starting this, this coming week, he's going to get broken in two. Because now he's going to be game plan for And We've seen what happens when you game plan for Brock Osweiler. So he was able to take advantage of no preparation because Ryan Tannehill hurt his shoulder like the night before the game. <laughs> he's probably riding a mechanical bull somewhere in Florida. Yeah. So you got Brock Osweiler. And Brock Osweiler put up points. Yes, he did. And you also suffered another loss, Khalil Mack. What happened to Khalil Jordan? Uh, apparently he had an ankle injury. He played through it, but from what I'm hearing, he is day-to-day. Uh, I don't know if that had an impact on how, you know, hard he went. Uh, I, I never will question Khalil Mack's uh, desire or, or aggressiveness. He played the rest of the game, so shout-out to Khalil for, for finishing the game up. Uh, I believe they wrapped his his ankle up tight and he just did what he needed to do off of adrenaline and energy. But, uh, he actually didn't put up any, any meaningful stats that game. Uh, I heard a lot of interesting things with that game, man. Apparently the heat, not to use an excuse, but apparently the heat is truly a factor when you go to Miami and play those guys, you're not adjusted to that type of weather. It can truly drain you. And from what I heard, uh, our right tackle Massey, he claimed he lost 12 pounds while playing the game. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, I, I don't know if or not. I, I, honestly, I think I might have to take a trip to Miami because I've been trying to lose weight for a while. So if that's the case, then apparently I just need to put on a helmet and go to, to, to that, 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 that field and uh, play football for a couple of hours and I'll be straight. So if you want to find Jordan while you're in Miami, go to Baggage Claim and look for a short black man with a helmet and shoulder pads. That's right. And I'm going to run to the field. I'm going to run around a little bit and head on back. Yeah, hot and humid down there. Yeah, it's, it's, it's stupid hot. It, it, it's stupid hot. And, and again, not to use an excuse because football is football. You should know, you know, Certain weather, like it, it gets hot here too in Chicago. It gets crazy hot, but I don't know. I, I, I'm not going to use that excuse. No, the defense did not look like the defense of the past, what is it, four weeks. So, you know, that could have been a factor. I heard there was a lot of missed tackling. It's it just that the, the whatever plan uh, 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 their coach had in mind, uh, it, he executed it. And the, the type of players, you know, you got those little speedy Gonzalez-type players on that team with Jakeem Grant and Albert Wilson just flying all over the field. So it just wasn't their day. Sometimes you just don't have it. Albert Wilson could not be tackled for some reason. Nope. Remember when we played football when we were kids and we had electric fence around the ball while you huddled up? <laughs> Apparently, Albert Wilson had this electric fence around his body. Yeah. Very. There, was, there was one play where he was running down the field, and Eddie Jackson literally stood there and watched him run down the field. I think it was honestly the heat. I, 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 if that's the case, I, I don't know what other reason there would be for a professional athlete to not put effort into, you know, trying to trying to tackle a guy if he's just dog tired. Because I heard that too that 
I think uh, Leonard Floyd or somebody who who's significantly bigger than Eddie Jackson beat Eddie Jackson down the field trying to chase after Albert Wilson on one of the plays, and it was just a matter of effort. And I don't I, I've never thought to question Eddie Jackson's effort. You know, you know his pedigree. He comes from Alabama. Those guys don't play around there in college. And Eddie Jackson is a very good NFL player. It's going to get better, in my opinion. You know, the, the sky's the limit for him. So I, I don't really think that we can really just, just come to a conclusion on what we saw in this game. I think they're going to get back on track this week when it comes to that. The only issue I have with the the use of the heat as an excuse for the Bears is this. The Dolphins had to play in the weather, too. Yeah, and I know they live in Miami practice down there, but still, I mean, as anybody who's played sports will tell you, you can practice all you want, but playing in 80, 90-degree weather is playing in 80, 90-degree weather. Yeah. Nobody wants to do it. I mean, no matter how much you've practiced in it, you're not looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah, you're not. You're not. You're absolutely right. I, I believe that they're a little bit more adjusted to it, but – you know, I, I, again, like you said, I don't want to use that as the, the, the main excuse. The, the Bears had that game. Bears had that game. I don't know. We'll, we'll get into it a little bit, but I, I, I think there were just a few things that didn't go the right way. Still impressed with Trubisky, though. Still impressed with him. Yeah, after a slow first half, he came on strong. So you, you can see some strides are being made. Still a lot of growth to go, though. Yeah, but despite the loss, though, like you, you definitely want to win along with developing. You know, it, it doesn't hurt to win games while trying to get better, like they did in the uh, in the in the blowout uh, the the week before the bye. I will even say that this game showed me a little bit better version of of Trubisky because the defense itself is better. That secondary of Miami is nothing to play with. You got Rashad Jones, who is a perennial Pro Bowler. You got Minka Fitzpatrick, who's nothing to sneeze at as a rookie coming from Alabama. Xavier uh, Howard. You got uh, a couple other pieces, I, I think, on that 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 secondary and that that defense that are really good and extremely better than Tampa Bay's uh, just obstacle course that they put up and just score all day on them. So I, I will say that I was even more impressed with the way Trubisky uh, threw the football in the second half and to get the numbers that he did. You know, over 300 yards, just some of the, the the accurate throws he had down the field. That that Taylor Gabriel throw uh, and, and and catch was amazing. Uh, the throw over the middle, I like the the air that he had on the throw to Anthony Miller in wide open space to score uh, what I thought would be the game winning touchdown with three minutes to go. You know, in the fourth, but uh, it, it definitely definitely some good good strides. You know, you you can still see some growing pains, but. That's to be expected, but you want to see growth. You want to see improvement. You want to see a person get comfortable in a system, you know, week to week, because it's supposed to be about repetition and routine. If you get somebody used to seeing something over and over, and then there are certain defenses that they they can break down and start seeing more and more, then the game will slow down. And then, you know, now you're just out there playing football like you're in the backyard, you know, and I think Trubisky has the talent to continue to get better and better, man. It's looking good. Up next for Mitch and the Bears are the New England Patriots, who eked out a victory over the Kansas City Chiefs. 
after again another great game from Patrick Mahomes. Yes. Yes. I've said it before, but I think it's official. That kid's the truth. Oh yeah, he is the truth. He uh might even be the MVP if he uh continues on the pace that he's going. But the way he's playing, it's it, it it will come down to him and a handful of people. You may may have Drew Brees in there too, but Pat Mahomes is definitely doing some some special things with that Kansas City offense. It shouldn't go understated that sometimes it's good to just sit a year and be behind a quarterback that's competent, like Alex Smith. See the offense, practice, you know, get a feel for it, and then take over the reins the next year. You know, that 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 sometimes is always a good thing to do. You know, you saw Aaron Rodgers do that. You know, that sometimes it's it's not good to just get thrown into the fire unless you absolutely are needed to and you're the one that's drafted for that purpose because there's no quarterback on the team like a Cleveland or uh, what used to be an Oakland Raiders team before Carr. You know, you're just going to get thrown into the fire. But there, there are some advantages to sitting out a year and really getting to – getting to understand the offense. Yeah, I mean, I get it. I get it. And, I mean, the fact still remains, though. The kid's the truth. Absolutely. Let's see what what Mitch does against the Patriots. Bill Belichick has already said, you spoke about earlier that throw to Gabriel on that route, on that back shoulder. Yeah. I already said that's the best throw he's seen all year. And it's it's up there. It's up there. I, I've seen few throws this year as good as that one. Mahomes has one of them. But let's see what Mitch can do against the mighty, mighty New England Patriots. Should be a good game. Get your popcorn ready. I don't I don't know if uh if I trust him, man. You know, he he's a sneaky guy. I don't know if I trust Belichick when he says something. You know, he's always trying to throw you off of his set. But, you know, good praises, good praises if he's for real about it. Uh, good thing is, news just came out that Gronkowski didn't make the trip to Chicago because of his back. So he's doubtful versus the Bears. So that is some tasty news for us Chicago fans. Hopefully that will work in our favor and we can eke out a win. Is campaign starting in his spot? You know what? If that is the case, please let's put campaign at quarterback for the Patriots. Let's 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 do some let's let's campaign for campaign to put play uh for the page Patriots. I don't care. I'll take my tight end for the Patriots. Yeah, go right yeah, ahead. Him out there. Chuck him on out there. Please do that. So so somebody can smash him into the ground and he will never start for the Bulls again. So we look forward to that. A Gronkless Patriots it appears versus the Chicago. That's right. So, not a whole lot to talk about in the sports world. We did have the start of basketball. The Bears always popping. We'll jump right into it. We'll get right with it. The highlight, what you all have been waiting for. (laughs) Jordan wants to do a separate show dedicated exclusively to a grub report. That's right. That's right. I think that's a little, I think it's a little fat. I don't think the Steyos family would mind devoting a whole hour to food. 
I mean, it is what, what, what we live off of. It's what we breathe. It's what we sleep. Oh, my goodness. Food is the lifeblood, sir. And too much food can stop you from doing all of those things. Living, <laughs> breathing, and sleeping. <sighs> this is true. This is true. But, uh, you know, talking about it is, 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 is it's like an addiction. Talking about food is an addiction, man. When you when you start getting into a good discussion with somebody about types of foods and the background of certain foods and the cultures and where it came from and the different things you can, oh man, you can just go off into a tangent with food, man. Come on, it's 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 almost cathartic, if you will. <laughs> so, this episode's grub report. Go for it, Jordan. All right, people. So, again, you know, as everybody already knows, my job takes me all over the city of Chicago. And I was able to uh, afford this week, because last week it was uh, pretty rough. So this week I was able to afford, you know, stopping in a spot uh, in a neighborhood, I want to say Lakewood or Lincolnwood. Anyway, the restaurant is called Big and Little's Restaurant. When I walked in, is this by Skokie? No, 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 no. It's for, it's 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 on Orleans Street. It's eight sixty North Orleans Street. And I want this, and 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 it it is it is actually it has been previewed on Chicago's Best. It has been reviewed as a very good spot to eat, like a hole-in-the-wall joint. If you ever get a chance, people go to Big and Little's Restaurant. It is 860 North Orleans Street. And what I got in there that one day was the barbecue bacon burger and truffle fries. Oh. Yeah, truffle fries were, were on point, I must say. There, there, was, there was a different spin to them. I've never had truffle fries, and uh, I enjoyed myself with that. Uh, the barbecue bacon burger was extremely good. Bacon was perfectly crispy, uh, you know, not too cooked, but extremely good. And uh, a good-sized burger, good-sized burger, not too, not overwhelming where you feel like, you know what, I can't even put this whole burger in my mouth. I can't hold the burger. I got to use a knife to cut it down, kind of like the burgers you see at Chili's or something. Like, it, it was a decent size. You know, for one one patty, I didn't even ask for a double, which is a sin for me because usually I go for two. I usually don't. I usually double down. I don't usually do the one. You know, I'm a I'm a fairly. I wouldn't say I'm big, but I'm I'm not small either. You know, I'm a, I'm a decent sized guy, so you know I need my my meat. I need my food. So uh, I was I was pleasantly surprised with the size of the burger. It w- it was good. And this place is called again. It is called Big and Littles. Big and Littles. Does that name hold any sort of significance from what you observe? To be completely honest with you, no. I don't know why they call it Big and Littles. I'm assuming that whoever is the owner, maybe there's a big guy and maybe there's a little guy. Maybe they're brothers and one guy is overweight and one guy is is skinny. Uh, I, I have no idea. There is a picture of an outline of a guy who's big and a guy who's little on the front of the restaurant, but I don't know who those people are. So apparently that's who ran the restaurant, or maybe there's a show called Big and Littles that I'm not aware of. Either way, 
they have a bevy of things on their menu and it's 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 unique food it's it's not like your normal burger joint where you get in the double cheese like a five guys which i'm not knocking five guys but they just have different a variety of different things like they add a flavor to normal food like the fries i saw on the the menu uh kimchi fries which if anybody knows what kimchi fries is it's like a japanese they're they're can't think of the word, but they kind of age their their onions and their uh, it, it's another ingredient that they put in there. But it's really good when you put it on on top of fries with cheese. They have a different menu, man. It, it's just it's just a little different than most. Very good place to go. Big and Little's. Try it out. A60 North Orleans Street. That is not the only place that uh, is it, it's located at there. Some other spots around the uh, city of Chicago. So if you just want to you know, Google the name Big and Littles, you'll find on the map, you know, different spots that you can go to. Big and Littles. Go get the burger. That's right. It's actually not too big, not too little. And when you go there, think of the fascinating backstory that Jordan has given you for the owners of this place. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't know where those guys are, who those guys are. I'm I'm assuming that's the meaning of the, of the, the restaurant. Maybe maybe I'll do a little research myself of why they call it that. Knock yourself out. <laughs> I have a spot. Oh, yeah. What you got? Now, if you live in the Chicagoland area, you may have to travel a bit for this. Okay. But if you like to shop, and I know this place isn't as popular as it used to be because outlet malls are popping up all over the place now. Yeah. But... Original outlet spot, as you know, was Michigan City, Indiana. That's where you would always go to hit the outlet mall and get yourself a deal on some nice Timberlands. <laughs> but I'm going to take you to Michigan City to a restaurant. Okay. Where are we stopping at? It's called Swing Bellies. Oh man, I don't, I don't, I don't like that name. Now I don't like my belly swinging. It's called Swing Bellies. It's a burger joint. They serve other things, American cuisine. It's a burger joint. And just like any other burger joint, when I went in there, I did not order a burger. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) My wife gives me a hard time about it. She's like, you go to burger joints and you order other things. Stop doing that. I would, so, I, would, I would argue with you too. Why wouldn't you go to a place for the first time and not try what their what their title is? The title is Swing Bellies. Well, I guess what they're known for, not the title, but what they're known for. That's like going to Burger King and getting chicken nuggets. Do it all the time. Yeah, but not the first time. Anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead with your lovely spot. So as I tend to get at, at restaurants of this sort, Got me a nice chicken wrap. And when I tell you that thing was good, good, good portion sizes. The weight staff was excellent. It's it's not a huge place. Of course, you know, it's in Michigan City, so it has a, a homey feel to it. Michigan City isn't a major city. You know, it has a suburban rural feel to it. Okay. So so restaurant was solid. It was solid. I enjoyed it. I I believe my wife did have a burger and she enjoyed it thoroughly. So uh, if she liked it, I'll vouch for it. 
Go to Swing Bellies, get yourself a burger or a chicken wrap or something like that. Chicken and a pita, ranch chicken, spicy chicken sandwich, bacon burger, whatever. But get you a sandwich and enjoy life while you're in Michigan City looking for discount Timberlands and colognes. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. But I'm going to need you to try the burger next time, brother. Well, when I'm out that way in those parts in Michigan City, and who knows, you know, <laughs> I, may, I may do that. I may do that. I have some friends I need to visit in South Bend, so on the way out there, I may stop through. Okay. That old swing bellies. I'm also supposed to be traveling to like Tennessee sometime in the next couple months or something. So, so, so since you asked me, I, I do have to know what, what do you understand the name behind swing bellies? Cause all I can think of is just some fat guy walking down the street and like his stomach is just out of control while he's eating. And like, there's no, no stability. There's no structure. No, no, nothing. This belly is just all over the place because he's just eating so much food. So, so, Please tell me, do you understand the name? I do not. All right. Well, it was recommended to me. So I I ate there. Okay. I, I work with a young lady. And she's from Michigan City. Oh. And so I asked her, I said, you know, I'll be in the area. What's good out there? And it, it was she... <laughs> She's funny because she's like, it's Michigan City, so it's not much. So <laughs> so I get out there, and there's a couple places that she recommended. Swing Belly stands out. She recommended a couple other things, but they don't stand out because we didn't go there. But Swing Bellies was on her list. So when I went out there, you know, it was recommended to me again by, by a local. So we went there. And it did not disappoint. Okay. It did not disappoint. So there you have it. Swing bellies and big and littles for the win. <laughs> for the win. Try it out, people. That's what's up. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter. That's what we're doing on social media. Jordan has been very active for the Stay House podcast on social media. I'm trying. Filling in the gaps where where I fall short as far as social media presence. So continue to follow us, continue to support us. Those who've been with us from day one, uh, we love you guys. We appreciate the support. We appreciate the love. I get text messages and instant messages all day long showing love for the podcast, man. So, yeah, you know, Jordan's putting word out there. We're getting some, some more listeners. All of our, our faithful listeners, if you, you want to put us out there uh, and do so, spread the word. Let's make the legendary Stay House podcast more legendary. Hey man, let's do it. Let's do it, man. I, I I have to give a shout out to you though, too, man. You 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 think you've you've been slacking on the the social media, man? I gotta say, brother. Uh, I don't think everybody knows, but I had to uh, mention it recently in a conversation with a few guys who uh, like listening to the podcast. Uh, I told them that you're the one that edits the podcast, man, and you always have all the awesome intro music and outro music. So, so kudos to you for always keeping it funky with that, man. Got some creative beats and 
uh, uh, intro music and, uh, you know, taking some of the, the audio from, from interviews and, and games and things of that nature, man, that, that's some, that's some brilliant creative stuff you're doing, Matt. So gotta, gotta, gotta put you on the pedestal as well, brother. You know, I'm trying to do my part, trying to keep up with you and, and do the, do the social media thing too. So we can keep this thing going. Well, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. It's, it's a bit of hard work at times. My family has grown tired of our voices. <laughs> as I, uh, hey, let them come on then, man. <laughs> as, I, as I edit the podcast with a fine tooth comb at times, you know, sometimes you got I, I got look for the just the right right music to set the tone for what we're going to talk about. This is the podcast we're doing now. Is, it's a bit haphazard, so I just may throw anything on this one. Oh. Um, <laughs> you know, also to to my people out there. If you got some, a beat or something that uh, you think might be a good idea, yes. If, if we ever discuss a subject, you know, and it pertains to that, or, or I get that vibe off that beat, let me know. Recommend some songs, some beats, some instrumentals that I, perhaps I can slide on here, and and hopefully we won't get sued. But you know, recommend some things. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully we won't. I actually damned a few few guys, man, that uh, listen. And I told them that, uh, you know, with your blessing, I did let them know that, you know, they would love to get on the podcast and be guests. I got a few guys out there that actually want to want to join us. You know, I know we usually have our boy uh, Calvin on whenever he's, you know, not uh, saving the world and putting on his Superman cape, you know, when he has some time to slow down. But I think there's a few people that's waiting. Like, we got a waiting line of people that actually want to jump on with us, man. So that might be an idea. You know, this is a show that's for the fan and by the fan. You know, it's 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 fueled by the support of the loyal listener. So I I also want to shout out the uh, the new show Bulls Outsiders that's on Comcast Sportsnet. We got a like. We can have some contact with Matt Peck from Locked On Bulls. Okay. They they're starting a new show locally on Comcast Sportsnet Chicago. NBC Sports Chicago, and it's it's a show where they basically pulled three guys who had popular Chicago area podcasts. So, podcast goals, man. You know, if you if you stay true to yourself in this game, you might get a TV show on a local cable outlet. There it is. There it so, is. And if not, you know, we enjoy doing this. We we did this. We didn't do this for, you know popularity or publicity we did it because we love sports and we wanted to get some thoughts and ideas out there and and if we had a hundred listeners or one listener we appreciate whoever listens whoever tunes in absolutely it keeps us afloat man absolutely so that'll wrap things up i've been chris we've been with jordan i'll look back at y'all all right now <laughs>